From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. Facing your entrepreneurial fear. That's what we're talking about on the show today. We have Christy Wright on the show from Dave Ramsey's organization to talk about um, her new book, Business Boutique, that's coming out. But really what we're talking about is overcoming that fear of starting something new. And it's, it's you know, we talk about entrepreneurs, but it's not, it's not only related to entrepreneurs. It's related to anybody that wants to make a change in their life. Anyone that wants to start something new or create a new habit or a new pattern or a new breakthrough or pursue a new goal, because that is in itself entrepreneurial in the essence that you're going somewhere where there is no path. And you're you're creating something out of nothing. And anytime you're creating something out of nothing, every, anytime you're pursuing a goal that has not ever been achieved before and you don't have a roadmap, you're going to have entrepreneurial fear. That's what entrepreneurial fear, it's the fear that shows up when there isn't a clear path to follow. But that is something that you're going to master and that you can master and that you, you must master if you're going to become an ultra performer and a multiplier. And so that's what we're going to talk about today on this episode of the Action Catalyst podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales. But sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern Coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. Her name is Christy Wright. She is one of the Ramsey personalities. And of course, we have a good relationship with every everybody over there at Dave Ramsey. And uh, she's just really, it's been fun to watch her. She has built a huge brand in a very short order. And um, she's dazzling on stage. She's got great content. She's very delightful. And she's been doing these events. And I've actually had some friends um, that have gone to the event and just raved about it, uh, Business Boutique. And she has now turned that into her first book, which is coming out uh, right now. If you're hearing this live, it's it's coming out this month. And so we're just excited to have her talk about um, starting a business or any endeavor. It is kind of targeted at women, but you know we're going to talk about all dynamics of of starting any business or new endeavor. So Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So why why this book? So Business Boutique, it's called. Um, obviously targeted at women. So why this book? And, and then also, you know, even though I think a lot of what we're going to talk about will apply to everybody, why, why targeted at women directly? 
You know, that's a great question. And it's interesting because I was raised by an entrepreneur. So my mom started a business when I was six months old to raise and support me. And she started this. Wow. So I was literally raised in the business at times. Like, I mean, we would go there at two and three in the morning, you know, for her to bake early. And so I have countless memories of this cake shop. And it really is kind of the backdrop to my childhood. And so I have memories of, you know, her pulling me out of bed and going to the bakery to bake. And I'd go to, she'd actually make me a bed on her big, huge bags of powdered sugar and flour. And I'd go back to sleep as like a... <laughs> nice. And then you know, when it was time to go to school, I'd go to school with the smell of flour in my hair. And um, I would always get money out of the cash drawer, which it's no surprise that her bookkeeper hated me because cash never balanced. <laughs> but I was a typical child of an entrepreneur. I was always there. And that was really my first introduction to business. And from there... I pursued a degree in business uh, in college and then started my own side businesses throughout my career. I've always been kind of a uh, you know a go-getter and a doer and a mover and a shaker. And so I would have my career uh, right out of college working for nonprofit. But I had these side hustles, these side gigs. And what I've noticed is now we really live in this side gig economy where there are mm. over million Americans working as freelancers or independent workers or you know so many people have these little side jobs or side hustles. And so I noticed that there's an opportunity to come alongside women specifically and help them with the business side of things because while pursuing what you love can be incredibly rewarding, the business side of things overwhelms a lot of people and they have questions right. about how do I market myself or how do I stand out in the competition and how do I sell without feeling slimy or um, how do I manage my time when I'm a mom. And one of the things I've noticed is as women, we really approach business uniquely because as you know, we're wired differently as men and women. And for example, in the book, uh, the book is a step-by-step plan to start, run, or grow your business. But in the book, I cover all the issues that women need to understand in order to grow a business. But like, for example, I never talk about customer service. Like there's not a single chapter in the book on customer service. And here's why. Women intuitively take care of people. Like you don't have Mm -hmm. to tell a woman, be kind, super serve, go above and beyond. She naturally is very relational and she is great at empathizing. And so she's fantastic at customer service. I don't need to teach that. However, because women are so relational, things like selling or pricing yourself or talking about your product or setting boundaries or policies makes her feel uncomfortable. And so I spend a lot of time on how to sell. So how- let's talk about the selling part because that to, I think that that is so key, right? And, and uh, everybody... The, there's a lot of people that struggle with uh, you know you the way that you say it is selling without feeling slimy so so what do you why do you think they feel that way and and what are some of the things that you can do woman or or male who kind of has that resistance to like i don't want to bug people i don't want to i don't want to you know pressure people and and moving past that sure well i think for me is i have noticed that Everyone probably has been burned by a pushy salesperson, someone that didn't do it well. And so because they've had a bad interaction, whether that's a used car salesman that totally tried to take advantage of them or been interrupted and kind of bullied by someone in sales, they it frames their perception of sales. So this they have this idea that sales equals pushy, aggressive, having an agenda, taking advantage of someone, taking their money. And they use all these words to describe it when in fact, sales, as you know better than anyone, is really about service. And so what I do is I spend a lot of time in the book and certainly on stage at the event reframing this idea of sales for people. Because if you can redefine it for them and show them what sales truly is, then they can sell with confidence. So for example, um, one of the examples I give them is sales is influence. So influence is simply 
you know, making an impression on someone, leading someone to a great result. So if you're married, then you influence someone to spend the rest of their life with you. That's a big sale. You know, if you got your kids to eat dinner last night, you convinced them. It was a bigger sale for some of us than others. Let me just say that. Uh, Some of us had to work harder to land our spouses than others, but... Well, my husband, I know, he, he pursued me for like six months. And so he'd, he'd say the same thing. But you know, the thing is, is we're really in the business of influence. And one of the things I've noticed um, is that like I'm in the business of sales, as are you. And so mm-hmm. I stand on stage all time, all the time, telling people how to reach their goals and how to build their business and how to have more life balance. And you know what no one ever says to me? That Christy Wright, she's so pushy. She's so aggressive uh. telling me I should reach my goals. Why? Because I'm not selling. I'm just influencing. And when you believe in your product or your service or your business, you realize that it's not about pushing. It really is about influencing and leading. And it's like I said a second ago, it really is about serving and taking care of the marketplace. Because when you're meeting people's needs and you're solving their problems, the sale is natural. Um, But we focus so often on the pushy side of things that we hold back and we don't even ask for the sale. And many people don't have sales simply because they aren't asking. Right. Right. So I want to bring a, another another kind of shift gears here a little bit, but about, you know, last time we had you on the show, we talked more about like the kind of work-life balance sort of a thing. And um, so I don't think you know this yet because we haven't talked, but uh, I have a 10-day-old baby, first baby. Right now. Uh, yeah, right now he just came last week. Oh my gosh, you thank are you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's been it's been wonderful. But the one of the things that you talk about specifically in business boutique that sort of caught my attention was this phrase "mom guilt." Um, and boy, it's been amazing that to see that become such a, a reality for my wife. Um, as you know, we started the business together uh, with other partners as well. And you know, we've got a large team, kind of like not quite as big as y'all over there, but we have 150 people on our team. And, and now we have like this new baby that is just like our whole world. And even there's even guilt feeling like even just taking a week off to just be with the newborn, there's this incredible sense of guilt of like, oh my gosh, like, so, so, um, talk me through that a little bit. Um, how do you, because there, there's certainly that fear for moms and really dads alike. I mean, I'm, I, I am struggling with that right now. It's just like, I'm so used to just all go like work. So what are some of the things that we need to do to kind of shift our perspective or sort of keep, keep our mind right about, you know, holding the priorities, but still not being scared to start a business or a new division or a new product launch or a new season of, uh, you know, something. Yeah, that's a great question. I'll tell you, I had an experience, I guess it was about two years ago. So when my son Carter, I was dropping him off at daycare for the first time, which if you end up taking your kids to get daycare, just know it is a traumatic day for you. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. And you are a basket case leaving this uh-huh. And you're leaving them in the arms and the care of someone else. And I was leaving daycare that day just feeling so guilty. The, the daycare, by the way, is exactly like one-tenth of a mile from our office. So this child is right next to me. He's perfectly safe. Um, but as I was driving away, I was just overcome with guilt and feeling, what if he needs me? What if he's scared? What if he's sad? What if he cries? What if, what if, what if? And I felt really, honestly, God say to me in that moment, Christy, I want you to f- remember that what you're doing is important. And I felt God saying what I was driving to, which I was driving to mm-hmm. And what's interesting is it shifted my perspective because I think as parents and as business owners, it's very easy to look in the rear view mirror of our life instead of the front windshield. So we're always focused on what we're leaving behind. Oh, I feel... you know When we're at home, I feel guilty I'm not getting enough done at work. So we got our email open and we've got our phones on and we're always thinking about where we're not. And then... Mm. 
when we go, uh, you know, whenever we go actually go to work, we feel guilty. We're not with our kids. We're not at home. We're missing out on soccer games. So I just want you to shift your perspective. Realize that both things that you're doing, your work and your family, are very important, and you love them both very much. And that's okay. That's a good thing. But the best way to shake the guilt is to focus on wherever you are. So if you're at work, be there. Bust it. Make a difference. But you're at home. Put your computer down. Look your, your, look your kids in the eye, put your phone away and be present there. So wherever you are, be there. And for me, that has been a game changer because you are looking through the front windshield instead of the rear view mirror. And I love how my friend Tony says it. He says, I'm always driving to somewhere that I love. When I'm driving to work, I'm driving to somewhere that I love. And when I'm driving home, I'm driving to somewhere that I love. And it's, it really is about looking where you're going, not focusing on what you're momentarily leaving behind. Mm, that's strong. I love that um, analogy versus just looking behind and versus looking forward. So do you think the, um, the connection here between like, um, do you think there's value to kids seeing their mom work and, oh and seeing them succeed and they're, you know, being in the professional, like the quote unquote professional workplace, not to, you know, I know moms that don't like moms that stay at home, Trust me, I get it. They are working. And I'm understanding that more than ever before is like they are working, no doubt about it. Um, but there's some moms that will choose to kind of be in the, you know, call it whatever you want to say, the professional sphere. Um, and they struggle with like they're 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 missing out on providing something. But do you think there's a counter argument to that that they're actually providing something else? Yeah, I totally, I totally do. And here's what's interesting is I think it really comes down to whether you're working a full-time professional job in an office, like maybe some of your listeners are, or you're working part-time, or you're just using your gifts in some way at home, even if you're volunteering, like if you're doing something outside uh, or in addition to of your responsibilities as a mother, as a parent, as a dad, uh, I think there is incredible value in your kids seeing you use your gifts. And for me, uh, my mom, for example, growing up, my mom did not teach me work ethic and character and perseverance and persistence and resilience. She lived it. And as mm. a result, I live it as well. And I love what Dave and Rachel say. They say, more is caught than taught. And it's so powerful when you live in your strengths, when you use your gifts, when you do something that is contributing to the world, whether that's through volunteering or through your job or your business, it is an unbelievable example to your children that is more powerful than anything you could teach them. So my argument is for for women or for men is you're not harming your children by working hard. You're mm. helping them. It doesn't make you a bad parent. In fact, I think it makes you a better parent. And Meg Meeker uh, has a fantastic quote. She says, the most powerful way to teach a daughter how to enjoy life is to let her see her mother do the same. So what does that look like for you in terms of using your gifts and doing work or doing things that bring you joy? And, and, and like I said, I don't think it makes you a bad par- parent. It makes you a better parent. It doesn't make you selfish. It makes you smart. And you are going to raise children that have those qualities mm-hmm. because you lived them out as well. You know, my mom, uh, her story of the cake shop was a story of struggle. I certainly didn't have a Pinterest perfect childhood sleeping on flour and sugar bags, but that is the story that made me. You know, it, it's the struggle didn't hurt me. The struggle is what made me. Mm-hmm. I love that. My mom didn't teach me persistence. She lived it. That is so... So, so good. So um, moving into the obstacle, let's, the obstacle. So let's say we get past some of these emotional things, right? Like, okay, I got to sell, like I got to bring myself to sell and now I can do that. And we go, okay, and I got to bring myself to sort of like leave home and and step out in, in, in faith. When you actually sit down to start 
the business or the endeavor. And I also want to highlight, make sure for everybody that this isn't just for entrepreneurs, but also intrapreneurs, right? You can be working at a company or a church and it could be launching a new division or doing a new product launcher. So I think they apply. But when you actually go to start the new thing, what are the obstacles that we should expect to, to hit? Like, what are the things that you see that you go, okay, I finally decided to do it. Now, what happens? Okay, I'll tell you for me and my research, but also in my personal experience is the number one thing that you will experience that will hold you back is fear. The number one thing. Now, when you're in the workplace, it may be a different type of fear and that voice of fear might be a little bit different. So for example, when you're doing your own business, if you had a side business or small business that you want to start, the voice might say something like, who are you to do this? Who do you Mm. think you are? Someone's already doing this. Someone's doing it better. There's no room for you in the marketplace. Now, when you're in a work environment, a professional environment, and you want to launch a new project or you want to pitch an idea to your uh, leadership team, then the voice might say something like, everyone's going to make fun of you. What are people going to think? Who do you think you are to try to lead this? Someone else is already in that position. That's that's not in your job description. So the voice might say something different. I want to be clear there, depending on the situation that you're in. But the root of the problem is the same. You're going to experience fear. And fear is very normal anytime that you're doing something new. You're going to have fear creep up of, and it will torment you with these terrifying possibilities of what's going to happen if you do it. You're going to fail. People will make fun of you. You're going to be embarrassed. You're going to post something on Facebook and no one's going to like it. You know, you're going to be a fool. And so when this fear gets really loud, that's where most people get stuck because most people believe that fear is a sign you're doing something bad. It means it's a red flag. So you should mm. turn back now. If I was supposed to do this, it would be easy. I wouldn't be scared. But I would say the opposite is true. Fear isn't a sign you're doing something bad. I think it's a sign you're doing, you're doing something bold. And I think that is a good thing. And even very, very successful people are scared. Uh, many uh, successful people that are well-known uh, celebrities and athletes have suffered from the imposter syndrome, which is the syndrome that says, who are you to do this. You don't deserve to be here. People like Maya Angelou, Kate Winslet, uh, Michael Jordan, you know, talk about this fear of failure, this fear of not being good enough to do the thing that they're doing. And so I just encourage people, the antidote to fear is action. The best thing you can do when you're scared is to take action, is to step into that fear. I tell people all the time, don't wait until you're not scared to do the thing you want to do. Do it scared because that feeling may never come. You know, I've been scared plenty of times, but I still walk on the stage even though I'm scared. So what is that that you want to do? Is it a project you want to launch? Is it a new initiative at work that you want to lead? You want to raise your hand and say, I think it's time for me to lead this thing. Uh, Is it starting, you know, growing a team from the ground up? Maybe pitching a really big client at work. Maybe it's starting a side or small business. Whatever that thing is, uh, don't wait until you're not scared to do it. Do it scared. I like it. I like it. I, that uh, This is a tweetable moment. And let me make sure too, y'all. So uh, if you're listening, you can tweet Christy and let you let her know that you're hearing her. Uh, Christy B. Wright is her handle. It's C-A- Christy with a C-H, B as in boy is her middle initial, and then Wright with a W. So um, uh, people believe that fear is a sign that you're doing something bad, but really it's a sign that you're doing something bold. That will be one of the tweetable moments for sure. Um, at least for me that I'm taking. So, um, uh, we're already, I knew we would, time would go by so quick. So uh, there's, uh, I, I want to ask you a couple other things, but this is the, the last little thing here is when you come to actually starting a business. Okay. So this is for the people who really are going to go, okay, you know what? I really want to like really start a real business. 
there's all of these things that suck <laughs> you have to deal with, right? Taxes, insurance, um, hiring people, firing people, like um, OSHA, like all of this stuff. What, what would you say to dealing with that? Or what is the plan or the mentality for handling? Because most of us are going like, hey, on the average day, it's like, on an average Saturday, I don't spend my afternoon reading like the federal income tax code and knowing like how, uh, you know, classify my employees. So what's your, you know, if that's holding someone back, what would you say? You know, it's interesting because I think the whole business side of things really intimidates a lot of people, a lot of people and keeps them from starting businesses. But you would probably agree with this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But you feel like before you've started a business, that that stuff, the insurance, the taxes, represents probably 90% of running a business. But the reality is it represents about 10%. Now, granted, it's a very important 10%. But the majority of your time, the 90%, day-to-day, is doing what you're doing. It's doing interviews, writing blogs, serving customers, making sales. It's doing the fun stuff, which is why you got into business. Now, certainly, you need to take care of the business side of things. You need to keep your records. You need to have insurance. You need to pay your taxes. Those things are very, very important. But what I would say for people that are intimidated by that is... If you can, just get help in those areas. You're not expected to be an expert in everything. But there are probably people around you on social media, in your church, in your community, in your neighborhood, that if you just simply put a word out like, Hey, you know, do you know anybody that can help me with this? And that's true for anything that you're weak. You know, I tell people again and again in business, but also in leadership for, for your listeners that are working in a, in a company, in a career, you are going to be the most successful in life regardless of what type of work you do, you will be the most successful when you stay in your strengths. And and so how that plays out is you're going to be the most successful, but you're also going to have the most fun when you do what you're good at. So for all of the areas that you're weak, especially in business, just ask for help. Find people around you that can support you. You know, my husband is incredible with details. So he helps me with the organization of things and the the follow through and covering all the basis things I wouldn't even think about because I'm a creative. I'm a you know big idea person. So surround yourself with people that are strong in areas that you're weak and then you can stay in your strengths and those people get to stay in their strengths as well. Yeah, it's funny you hear you talking. So we just had Tom Rath, uh, the author of Strengths Finder. We just had him on the show like a week or two ago, and you know we were talking some about this. And it boggles my mind how there are there are actually people who love insurance. They love spreadsheets. They love tax regulations. They love like HR policies. Like there's actually people out there who love that stuff. I mean, just God, God bless them. And you know, as you were talking about all this about the. Uh, I've never really heard it described that way that in your mind, you think that all that business stuff is going to be 90% of the business and it's, it's really something much smaller than that. I was just sitting here thinking, that's like any, any other type of fear. It's always bigger in your mind than it is in reality. That's and you, you, lose, you, you don't lose to the reality of what it is. You lose to your story mm-hmm. about what it is and you never get, you never get started. Um, so that's staying in your strengths. That's such a good point. And it's interesting because if fear can get so loud and terrify you with these possibilities of what will happen, and then you stay stuck and you never do anything, then you continue to believe that story that you're telling yourself like, oh, I couldn't do it because it was so big. It turns into this excuse that you justify being stuck. But the truth is, and that's the reason I say the antidote to fear is action. Because the best way to make that fear shut up is to do it. Then fear can't torment you with these terrifying possibilities of what will happen if you do it because you did it. And you survived. And it's the best way to make fear uh, stop taunting you is when you actually just step into it and do the thing anyway. 
Mm -hmm. So uh, one last little question before that. So Christy, where do you want people to go to connect with you? And I mean, obviously you're on Twitter and we'll put a link to your Twitter and your Facebook and stuff because you have like a gazillion followers these days, which is wonderful to see. Um, where Any other websites or something that you would drive people to? Yeah, businessboutique.com is going to be the best place. That's really where you can find out about find out about the book, Business Boutique, but also see our social, read blogs, connect with other women. There are uh, thousands and thousands of women there in our community in the Business Boutique that are winning in business. And it's a really energizing community to connect, to connect with other women that are on the same journey that you are. Mm-hmm. And then last little thing. So if somebody is out there right now and they are listening and you know, this is action, this is the action catalyst podcast. So we always are trying to boil it down to action. So somebody just listened to this whole thing and maybe they have some dream. I want to start a business or I want to start a division. Um, or maybe have, maybe having kids is, you know, part of their fear is like, Oh, I want to have kids, but I'm scared. But like, let's, let's say it's more of starting a business and they have that fear or they have that voice says, who are you? You're not good enough. What is the first action that you would tell them to take? Like, what is the very first thing that you would say, okay, acknowledge that fear. And then what? I would say, find out what the quickest win is for you and your business and your idea. So the lowest hanging fruit. So for example, if you want to have a huge online community, you've got this big dream and you want to have a big blog and all that stuff. Don't get overwhelmed by this big, big idea write one blog. Let's say you want to launch a huge boutique storefront. Don't get overwhelmed by all of that. Just sell one product. Make one sale, write one blog, do one speaking event. What is the thing for you that's the lowest hanging fruit? Because if you take that one step, I mean just one step, that's all you have to do. One baby step. That win will fuel your confidence to take the second step which will fuel your confidence to take the third step. And then baby step after a time, months and years later, you're living your dream and you're at that final vision. But the truth is, it just happened by taking that first step. So whatever that is for you, figure that out. Your quickest win, your lowest hanging fruit, take that step. That will fuel your confidence to keep going. Hmm. I love that. And I think it's something probably like 85% of your fear disappears after the first step. Totally. It's probably something like that. Um, Well, my friend, so good to spend some time with you. Christy Wright is who we're listening to. Business Boutique is the name of the book. I'm going to make a prediction here that this is going to be a bestseller and um, that you're going to love it. So uh, thanks for tuning in, Christy. Thanks for all the work that you do there and that all y'all do as a team. You guys make a big difference and you, you bring a lot of hope in the world. So it really matters. Thank you for having me. So many great ideas and powerful concepts there around, you know, it's funny because as I went back, I listened to that interview. I thought, you know, going into the interview, hey, this is an interview about females starting a business. And the more I've gone back and just thought through what we talked about and listened to it, it's very obvious that actually that is not what the interview is about. Like the interview is about overcoming fear, period. And that because that is whether you're a woman, whether you're a man, whether you're starting your own business or you work inside of a business, it doesn't really matter. All of us have to deal with fear and facing fear. And it's uh, it needs to be a recurring theme of what we talk about here. It, it must be something that comes up over and over again, because the reality is if you are a mover and shaker in the world of business, which by listening to this show, you know, by definition, that is who you are, then you're going to have fear. You're going to be facing things that are uncomfortable. You're going to be confronted with situations that are challenging, with things that are scary, with roadblocks and obstacles that need to be overcome. 
And so a part of your expertise, regardless of what profession that you are in or what industry you work in or how experienced you are, how old you are, what your education level is, part of your expertise, part of all of our expertise needs to be in facing fear. It needs to be in overcoming fear. It is a critical essential that must be mastered and so it's always a good reminder to get uh, for me to to hear other people's perspectives on it. And I wanted to share some of the the, the tweetable moments that I caught. These are like sort of the five, uh, I guess the five biggest tweetable moments for me. And again, let Christy know you're listening. It's at Christy B at Christy B Wright, and it's Christy with a C H B and then Wright W R I G H T at Christy B Wright. But um, so first of all. My mom didn't teach me persistence. She showed me, right? She, I love that where she was saying, my mom didn't teach me integrity. She, my mom didn't, didn't talk to me about overcoming fear. She lived it. She demonstrated it. And that is related to the second one about more is caught than taught, which um, I've heard Dave Ramsey say that before. More is caught than taught. And I just, I think that is so powerful and so important. And what a great way to overcome any sort of guilt or worry or anxiety as is that there's there is a power there's tremendously powerful lessons and value that you're providing to your kids and to your coworkers coworkers and to your family members and to your friends by going out and succeeding it you're not just it's not like you're just taking something away from them by not being there with them 24/7 you're teaching them and showing them and instilling in them principles and values that they they that cannot be learned really through education they have to see them in action and then they'll eventually have to live them for themselves and so the the third tweetable moment which i thought she said was so good is you're not harming your kids by working hard you're helping them you're not harming your kids by working hard you're helping them. The uh, fourth big tweetable moment for me, this one's from Christy. I I don't know if she's ever said this before, but when she said it, I captured it and said, wow, this is one that needs to be polished and uh, repeated over and over again. Fear isn't a sign that you're doing something bad. It's a sign that you're doing something bold. Fear isn't a sign that you're doing something bad. It's a sign that you're doing something bold. So so good. And then the last one, the antidote to fear is action, which, uh, you know, to be honest, I've heard that before in many different ways. Action cures fear. I certainly am not the first person who ever said that. So, um, but it's always good. It's always good. And like I said, this, this, the, the conversation around fear, we, I don't think we can ever have too many guests that, that walk us through that, but it's interesting to hear all the different type of types of guests that we have, right? We have Navy SEALs and we have CEOs and then we have authors and speakers and we have business leaders and, um, you know, we have athletes that come on the show and, and whatever, and all these people, it's like they all have a fear story. They all have a fear journey. And I think that's a, a, a lesson in of itself that it is something that we need to be mastering. It's something that we're all going to have to to deal with. And so I, I, I want to share with you kind of our favorite two-step process for overcoming fear and getting past it. And Christy hit on both of these directly. Um, these come from different places. But um, if I had to sort of encourage you or or in, 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 you know, maybe challenge you or compel you to say, hey, if you're dealing with fear, these are two of the biggest things that you need to know. Um, and she talked about it there at the end, which is to 
to do the next to do to do the next one thing that you know. Um, one of my favorite ways that I've ever heard this summed up was from Damon John. He's one of the sharks on Shark Tank, and um, I got a chance to meet Damon. I don't know a couple years ago, but he was talking about the next affordable step, and he said you always take the next affordable step. It's like don't worry about accomplishing the whole thing. That just overwhelms you. You just take the next affordable step. And Christy said, just do one thing. And I really think, you know, as I was, you heard me kind of talk that out with her, it occurred to me that 85% of your fear disappears after the first step. 85% of your fear disappears after the first step. That's just me kind of spitballing. There's not any sort of empirical or scientific uh, evidence behind that, but that would just be experience tells me. We learn that from our coaching clients that if you can get them to take the first step, then all the others are so much more likely to fall in place. It's the, the first step is, um, it's the hardest in the, in the sense of overcoming fear. It's often not the hardest technical step to execute. Um, but the emotionally, perhaps it's, it's one of the most difficult emotionally. And certainly as soon as you take that first step, most of the fear disappears because you realize, Hey, I'm moving in this direction and it's just really, really powerful. And, um, the next affordable step, right? Don't, don't worry about, can you do the whole thing? Just, can you do the next thing? Don't worry about, can I do the whole thing? Just worry about, can I do the next thing and stay focused on that? Just doing the next thing, the next most significant priority or the next affordable step, as Damon John would say, or do one thing as Christy Wright or Jay Papasan might say. Um, but, but what is that next thing? And can you get yourself to just do that? And then the last thing is, the second thing is to do it scared. You heard her say that. And, and this is just one of my favorite stories and I've shared it here, but it's been a long time is a true story of a, of a woman who was trapped in this burning building and it was she was on like the 80th floor and and this woman had such an she had an intense fear of heights and she also had a very intense fear of closed spaces and so the building catches on fire and then the fire alarm goes off people start running right they're screaming they're running into the stairwell and they're they're sprinting down the stairs as fast as possible but what she did is she 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 froze and she hid under her desk because she was afraid of heights and she was afraid of closed spaces. So the idea of being in a stairwell, especially when people are screaming, when there's a fire, especially in that kind of urgent emergency state, was just not something that she could handle. And she couldn't handle looking down the middle all the way to the bottom. And the thought of being trapped inside of that, that stairwell, it was just too much for her. And so uh, that fear was so intense that she actually made a conscious decision, a conscious choice to say, I'm, I would rather hide under my desk and die. And sometimes we do the same thing. Sometimes we're so scared. We make that decision. We say, you know what? I would just rather hide and die. Well, in this woman's case, um, she was lucky that eventually some firemen made it up to her floor and they were doing a sweep of the building and they, they found her where there was still time to get her out. But they told her that she needed to, she needed to go immediately or she was going to burn alive. And, and, and she was going to have to choose to face her fear or she was going to choose death. And she said, I can't because I'm scared. I can't. I'm just, I'm too scared. And so the fireman grabbed her and he was trying to pull her down the stairs and she would, she was kicking and screaming and she kept, and she said to him, I'm scared. I don't want to. I'm scared. I'm too scared. And he said, you're going to die. And she says, that's fine. I don't care. I'm scared. 
And then he said to her, he said, hey, it's okay to be scared. Do it scared. It's okay to be scared. Do it scared. And he kept saying that into her ear over and over. Just do it scared. Just do it scared. Just do it scared. And he was saying that into her ear, she finally started moving and they start down the steps. And as they start moving, he's saying, just do it scared. Just do it scared. Do it scared. It's okay to be scared. Do it scared. All the way down, they made it 80 flights of stairs, reportedly as the woman and the firefighter finally burst out of the bottom. Um, Seconds later, the building becomes engulfed in this huge inferno, right? And she she could hear the firefighter's voice still in her ear, do it scared. It's no problem to be scared, just do it scared. And on that day, that phrase, do it scared, saved her life physically, but it also transformed her emotionally. Right, that became a catchphrase for her, you know, part of her life mantra. And and chances are you are going to have moments in your life that are very similar, right? Don't you have times like that when when you know what the obvious move to make is, but somehow you still feel held back because of this this very violent fear or this explicit detailed fear that you have, or sometimes people are trying to drag you down a path, right? There's, there's people in your life that are saying, come on, come this way. This is what you need to do. Uh, Like, follow me. I'll show you the way. And yet we're resistant to it because sometimes it's easier to just hide under the desk than it is to face that fear and do something challenging, do something new. And, and that fear grips you. But part of mastering fear Part of overcoming fear is learning to do it scared. It's fine to be scared. It's fine to be unsure. Do it unsure. It's fine to be uncomfortable. Do it uncomfortable. It, it, it's fine to not know what's going to happen. Do it not knowing what's going to happen. Do it scared. And like Christy said, fear isn't a, a sign of doing something bad. It's a sign of doing something bold. And if you're going to be a mover and shaker, if you're going to be a do-gooder, if you're going to be a world changer, if you're going to be a game changer, if you're going to be somebody who is a multiplier, an ultra performer, a top producer, if you're going to be that person, then you have to live a certain way, a way that says, I am okay with fear. I am comfortable with fear. I don't mind having fear because fear comes and it goes, but regardless, I will do it scared. And if you can develop that habit of acting in the face of fear, then you can create movement, you can create momentum, you can, you can, you can handle any fear, you can overcome any challenge, any obstacle. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can hold you back. So this week, I want to invite you and encourage you and challenge you to simply go out and do it scared. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.